I'll be honest. Uh, my muscles are weak. I don't even know how to party anymore. Did you ever know how to party, Ed? That's a fair question. And uh, the answer is yes, uh, I did. But party now and party then are two different things. What specifically has changed about your ability to party now and party then? Well, right now my back hurts because I'm old and there's parts of me that hurt really bad and I wasn't expecting that. Uh, well, I mean, you probably could find a way to party. I, I, I mean, couldn't you just describe what you do in the privacy of your own home when laying in front of your couch at party? I mean, that's good for your back, right? Well, the thing I do at home is I uh, drink whiskey in the bathtub, and that's a party, but it's a party for one. Do you think they've designed ergonomically, like, uh, supportive bathtubs yet? I'm old, but I'm not old enough to know that they have. Do you think they should? Do you think maybe we could, Ed? Do you think we could design the ergonomically um, supportive bathtub for people that used to party... But don't anymore, but would like to, but only in the comfort of their own tub. Do you have any like specific ideas on how we could go about that? I don't. I mean, are you an engineer? I'm not. I'm only an alcoholic. I go to school with a bunch of engineers. So now we have the engineer. We have the alcoholic. I feel like we're on the verge of something right now. But you are into sales. Ed, is this an idea that we could sell? Is there a market? I need to know. There is always a market if you're willing to commit to it. Hell yeah, I'm ready to commit to it. So here's my official pitch. We need a name, Ed. Ed, what's the name of our ergonomically supportive bathtub? Let the party come to you. Relax in the warm, wet heat of the greatest song ever sung poorly's bathtub. Oh yeah, let the greatest song ever sung poorly, warm, wet heat, get all over you. Booyah! Added bonus, we're all naked. Welcome back to the greatest song ever sung poorly, a karaoke podcast that is the direct result of when boredom meets fandom. I'm your party boy, Adam Wainwright. And I am your party pooper, Ed Kennard. Oh, there's always one, Ed. If there's a party boy in the house, there needs to be a party pooper. I think it's just the way of the universe. I am decidedly known as a sad sack, so yeah, absolutely. But I mean... Even the sad sacks bring value to a karaoke night. And from what I've heard, you've had a chance to actually do some like uh, karaoke recently. Uh, how did it feel? It felt so good to be back at a bar that had karaoke. Um, I brought friends with me. Uh, it was more awkward for them than it was for me because, you know, pandemics and not being used to being around other people. But we all made do and we all made it through and it was a lot of fun. Man, I, I'm really still waiting for that day. Uh, they're creeping closer in New York. I don't know if you've heard the news that came out this week that um, 
capacity limits are being lifted at the end of May, and they've resumed bar service in New York City as of Monday, May 3rd. Yeah, so this is, we're, we're getting, I think, very close to the point where karaoke is going to be able to return to New York City. Can New York handle you? I sure hope so. I mean, I have a birthday coming up in May. Uh, so I, I was really hoping to do some karaoke. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I, they better be ready for me because I'm going to bring the heat with some, you know, old favorites and some, some new shots at it. I envy that crowd because uh, I have missed your sound at karaoke. Yeah, we'll get there one day, Ed. We're going to get back to karaoke one day uh, soon. And, you know, I think you have a lot more karaoke in your future because clearly it's picked up in Pennsylvania. You're also going to Florida soon, right, for a work trip? Yes. I mean, by the time this airs, I will have already been in Florida. I will have already sang karaoke in at least three different bars. Whether that is safe or not, that's up to uh, the audience to decide, but... I am fully vaccinated. Uh, I'm going to make a mix of good and bad choices while I'm there. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to get back to it. I think that's a great karaoke night when you make a mix of good and bad choices over the course of a car- like a night. I- and you already know like these places in these KJs from your time in Florida before, correct? So you know what you're walking into. Yeah, I mean... It's Florida, so as you can imagine, it's a hot mess. I mean, there will be very good things. There will be very bad things. Um, some places will be safer than others, but we'll find out when we get there. Do you know what I associate Florida with, Ed? If I had to guess, I would say with parties, because uh, Florida is a very party state. Hmm. I believe you hit the nail right on the head. I look at Florida as a party destination. And how strange that that just happens to be our discussion today on the greatest song ever sung poorly is we're going to be debating the best karaoke party song. Now, everyone should know that we had a plan to bring in our party expert. But the truth is, we did the interview, we recorded the interview before this main segment, and the party was so hard, and things got so heated, that I think we're not going to waste any time, we're going to roll right into it. Ed, Ed, what do you think? Do you think we need a preface? What's about to happen with anything? No. If that doesn't scream party, I don't know what does. (laughs) All right, hit the guitar, let's rock and roll. Two people are not a party, but three people might be, especially with the right people. Ed and I are obviously party people, so to round things out, we brought in someone we both partied with before and now will act as our party expert. Welcome to the show, Chris Smith. Chris, how are you today? Welcome. Thank you. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for uh, having me on today. We're, it's so excited to have you on today. It's been a little while since we have to see you, like since we've had a chance to like connect and for me to see you and hear your voice. And when we decided we were going to do this party episode, I was like, "Who can we bring in? Who can we bring in? Who can?" Oh no, nope, Chris Smith. I remember those Al Rancho days. I remember those <laughs> karaoke days. This dude knows how to party at karaoke. So I'm very thankful you can join us. Great to be here, man. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned El Rancho because uh, you know I, I get uh, wistful quite often thinking about El Rancho there in Westwood in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. We had some good times. Hey, Chris, uh, can you just give us a, your like your karaoke backstory in a few words? Tell us how you got into it, what you love about it. Yeah, I was thinking about this um, in the car driving home today. Um, my first time singing karaoke 
was in a bowling alley. It was in uh, the Richland Lanes, and they happened to have uh, karaoke going on in the bowling alley. And I think they got rid of it real quick because I think a lot of the bowling people were not a fan of it. But um, I was really excited to give it a shot. And I think the first thing I sang was maybe White Wedding by Billy Idol. <laughs> and uh, the second thing, the second song I sang was um, You Know You're Right by Nirvana. And I was just thrilled. I mean, it was just like a, a drug just getting to step up to the mic and just wail. Yeah, it, it catches on really quick uh, as far as I that's a That's an <clears throat> interesting um, step into, I think we picked the right guy for a party, Ed. <laughs> um, so then there was a place called uh, the Pony Lounge in Johnstown that had uh, Thursday, they had dollar drafts and karaoke. And that's where I became like, I'm going to go every week. I'm going to hit the karaoke every single week. And, and it was just pretty much... It, weekly thing from there i think draft discounts are how a lot of people got into karaoke i certainly remember the 25 cent drafts at the castle pub in ebensburg i mean they were little tiny baby drafts but if you bought enough of them it was pretty fantastic uh was it was it yesterday's party in ebensburg is that where i met you the first i time? met you at yesterday's party that's correct and i don't remember i think it was pre-skitty pre-dj skitty um I don't remember what the DJ was before Skitty took over at the YP, but uh, yeah, I met you and uh, you had a little more hair and uh, I had a little less waistline. <laughs> and that's how it works for all of us, except that I look exactly the same. I I, I can attest to that. I don't think you've changed a bit. I actually met Adam um, at Ponderosa. We both worked in the back of the house cooking and uh, Adam was always egging me on to do crazy shit. And he actually asked me, um, you know, we both kind of were talking about a waitress we thought was cute. And um, Adam dared me to uh, ask her out on a date. And uh, I did. And he gave me a bag of Doritos. <laughs> yeah, because that's how you do it, man. <laughs> man, I completely forgot about this story. I, that's something I have no recollection of the ponderosa days were just a blur i think at this point honestly dude yeah yeah um so we got a little bit about your background uh so when somebody says the term karaoke party what pops into your head uh, yeah i like this when you get a packed joint and everybody's um having a good time you know sometimes you show up at karaoke night and it's like three or four of you and you know that's a great thing because then it's a short rotation you could sing all night but uh, when when the stars align just right and you get a full crowded house, I think that's uh, that's an energy, man. Like that's a lot of fun. And you as the karaoke singer kind of play that game of, OK, how can I get the crowd pumped or, you know, how can I um, be part of this energy, not bring it down a little bit? Because I'm eclectic at karaoke singing. I, I like to sing some weird off the wall shit. But, you know, there's a time and place for one more uh, one more try by um <laughs> Oh, George Michael, you know, that's not that's not going to be appropriate for every karaoke night. Yeah, but there's some karaoke nights where you can get away with doing anything. I, I yeah. think back to the time. The only time I enjoyed doing a private room karaoke involved you, Adam, and a couple of our other friends. Um, what made that different for you that night? I don't even know if you remember it. I, I don't remember how much we drank that night. Oh, yeah, I remember that night. That was um, there was we, we had enough of a crew that it felt like a party you know what i mean like we had like 15 people there you know you've said on previous episodes sometimes when you have a crowd not everybody's there for karaoke but in the private room we were all there for karaoke and we were all there kind of committed to you know making it fun making it weird making it interesting and i did feel kind of at liberty to you know push my voice to different places like i think i did counting crows around here and um you know that's not a song i would do in a on a typical night um 
you know, finding this, you know, something that'll make people laugh, something that'll get people engaged in a different way. Um, but it was definitely more intimate in the um, private room. Different vibe, but it was a good vibe. Okay, okay, okay. So we had a great, we had a karaoke party. It was great. Um, Chris, we brought you in here as a car- like a party expert, okay? You're going to be a karaoke party expert. So with that, we give you full authority for what we're about to do next. That's a huge responsibility. I accept. Good. I'm glad you accept because you're going to do it anyway. Um, we, Ed and I have built a bracket of songs based on our own karaoke experiences and judgments that we feel are great karaoke party songs. And what we're about to do is you're going to help us figure out what is the single best karaoke party or party karaoke song at all times. Here's how it's going to work. We have 16 songs for the first two rounds. Chris is going to have the final say. Ed and I are going to give a quick elevator pitch for the song that we want to win the matchup. Chris is going to pick a winner, give us a brief explanation why, and we are going to move right on to the next one. When we get down to our final four, all three of us will be debating the qualities and picking the winner from there. Chris. Do you understand how this game works? Can you repeat that? No, I'm just kidding. I got it. Okay, I would have repeated it too. I, I, I just, wouldn't I, appreciate it, but we would have gotten it. <laughs> I want to stress that these were chosen randomly. So even if we don't actually like the song, we are going to campaign really hard for it to be the winner because Adam and I are competitive and we're jerks and we want to fight. <laughs> this is true. I cannot wait to fight Ed. Mainly, we just needed somebody here. I've been waiting to fight Ed in a segment and we were just waiting for somebody to properly moderate it. So, Chris, thanks for stepping in and being the Mills Lane of this matchup between Ed and I. Let's get it all. Round one, matchup one, Bohemian Rhapsody versus Folsom Prison Blues. I have Bohemian Rhapsody, and I don't think I have to say much about this song. The minute that the first note comes on, everybody in the bar is ready to sing both the high and low parts. I don't think that Johnny Cash stands a chance in hell in this matchup, and the entire thing's a fallacy if Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't win this matchup. Here's why Adam's wrong. Bohemian Rhapsody is entirely too long. More people are usually involved in singing it than listening to it. So it's a party for the people involved. And everybody else kind of rolls their eyes. It's like, oh, God, these people are doing this crap again. Uh, Folsom Prison Blues talks about murder and cigars and drinking. And just, you know, it connects with everybody. It's a rollicking good tune. And it has the benefit of being under four minutes. So Adam is wrong. I am right. What do you say, Chris? Well, my answer comes with a story. So once upon a time, I was doing karaoke at a place called the Westwood Plaza Inn, I believe. Um, And there was this DJ, I don't remember his name, but he had like long rock star hair. And uh, we were just singing all night. And uh, we put in a request for Bohemian Rhapsody. And, um, you know, the night wound down and he did not get to that song. And he started closing up his equipment. And we said, fuck it. And we all got up, stood up, and sang Bohemian Rhapsody a cappella. And that, to me, is emblematic of why that's a party song. Because, you know, even when the, the, uh, the VJ says it's time to go home, that song prevailed. And the bar was still, like, standing there. Everybody was uh, gathered around and just participating. It was a lot of fun. I think, uh, you know, for that reason, because it kind of... Uh, tugs at a, a chord with me, Bohemian Rhapsody takes it. Not that Folsom Prison isn't a fantastic song. Uh, booyah. Thanks, Chris. I knew that this was going to go my way. I didn't stand a chance. So, Ed, I'm going to let you go first this time, just in case you know that was it. It wasn't just my natural charm. So, uh, the songs for uh, round two are You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party by the Beastie Boys and Mr. Brightside by the Killers. 
So here's the thing about Mr. Brightside and the killers. You, Adam, and I are all karaoke people of a certain age. We are the very tail end of um, the Mr. Brightside fandom where that really pops off. But there's an entire generation or two of karaoke people after us. People for who the Beastie Boys, eh. If anything, they remember Intergalactic and not that because, you know, they were born in the 90s or the two, God, the 2000s. People who were born in the 2000s can actually be in the bars this year. But Mr. Brightside, that is something that anybody 40 and under will get kind of pumped when they hear uh, somebody sing at karaoke. And most of the people from the crowd sing along, too. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about those people being a child of the 80s and growing up uh, with You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party My Ears. You know what? Mr. Brightside's a great song. It's true, Ed. You know, all the younger people come to the bar may appreciate it a little bit more. But it's in the name of the song. The Beastie Boys, it's like You Gotta Fight for Your It may not elicit the response you get from people singing on bopping their heads, you know, that kind bop that people do. He's Mr. Brightside. No, You Gotta Fight for your right to party and pick my song. That's what I'm fighting for the right for. So, Ed, you made a great argument. Thank you. You're validated. Uh, you're wrong. Chris, what do you say? <laughs> well, this is a little bit more challenging because Ed has some really valid points about Mr. Brightside. What I like about Mr. Brightside is it gives a, a, a singer the opportunity to showcase some talent. I mean, that's, that's a song with some vocal power behind it. And when done well... Yeah, it sells the crowd. However, fight for your right to party. It doesn't matter if you can sing, right? The message is all about having fun. The lyrics are funny. They get people laughing. You might have somebody who's never heard the song before, but they hear that and they, <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny song. Frankly, if you haven't heard it, you've been living under a rock because it's just in the zeitgeist today, even though it's been out for how many years, right? So I think, uh, you know, with that in mind, I think you got to fight for your right to party takes it. I don't want to form an alliance here, but Adam, you, you get the W on this one. I mean, when when someone's right, they're right. Chris, that can't be helped. Which, I mean, maybe maybe Ed will do a little bit better this next matchup between I want to dance with somebody and Sweet Home Alabama. I don't think there's a better song that gets women going a karaoke then i want to dance with somebody i think that's the song i think we're going to be talking about party songs in general here and there's a lot of sing-alongs and it's nice for people to get into at the bar and stuff like that but if you want to see every female in a bar stand up and start screaming their heart out and just singing and enjoying life and having a great time i don't think there's a better song that i want to dance somebody and i don't see how it could possibly lose to the southern anthem sweet home alabama here i, I just don't it, it, the pick is easy it's i want to dance with somebody the thing is i would love to agree with adam on this i would uh whitney houston is a megastar talent uh it's a phenomenal Phenomenal song. But when we talk about karaoke and we talk about a party atmosphere, let's face it, where does karaoke live? It lives in dive bars. What are dive bars but places where people who, even if they live above the Mason-Dixon line, quite possibly have a Confederate flag flying somewhere. <laughs> I have never been to a karaoke night where I didn't see everybody singing along and getting into Sweet Home Alabama. I mean, I am not a fan of the song. I am not a fan of Leonard Skinner, except for uh, a couple songs, but not that one, because, uh, you know, I don't care how much they love the governor in Birmingham because he was a dickhead. Fuck him. But that song, 
that song, no matter where you go in the country, I've traveled extensively. That song does get a crowd moving for the worst of all possible reasons. But goddamn, those people know how to party. <laughs> this is a this is probably the hardest matchup yet because when you think of a party, you think about dancing, and when you think about dancing, that song you know is about it, right? And it is a a pretty popular, pretty well-regarded song. However, you know, I think it really depends where you are. And generally speaking, where I am when I'm karaoke is like you said, Ed, the dives, the dregs, the places that, you know, the little hole in the wall that you wouldn't expect to have the time of your life, but you do the El Ranchos. And um, I think in that environment, your best bet to get the party started is going to be Sweet Home Alabama. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a classic people drinking their whiskey and cheap beer will sing right along with you. It gets the, it gets the karaoke crowd going, I think. Uh, everybody gets one, and I didn't realize we we're going to start busting out karaoke credentials, Ed, so I'm going to keep that in mind. Oh, I've traveled. That is the reason why <laughs> I should pick this song. I am. I, w- I was two points behind. I'm going to take every advantage I, I can get. You better have some more tricks up your sleeve, dude, because now I'm ready to go. All right. Ed, this is, it's your turn to introduce the matchup here, and you're not even paying attention. No, I was updating the bracket, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The choices for this round are Dancing Queen by ABBA and Take Me Home Country Roads by John Denver. So, I mean, the sad thing is my argument is uh, the same as the last round, except for the fact that John Denver is really fucking wholesome. I mean, if a human being can personify Kermit the Frog, it's John fucking Denver. The man died on a mountain, going into it very fast. But I mean, there's nothing more American than mountains. I, actually, the thing is, I really want you to choose Adam's song because I'm a diehard ABBA fan. And I, like, it's really hard for me to argue against ABBA. And I'm kind of crying inside. I'm trying my best, guys. But I know this one's a loss for me. Everybody loves this song. Everybody loves this song. And if that is your criteria for uh, choosing it, then that makes the most sense. Uh, but there's a part of me that's going to secretly be pulling for ABBA no matter what. This is great because I did not want to defend ABBA. And so I'm going to argue against <laughs> ABBA. Since you really want ABBA to win, now I really want ABBA to lose. Listen, guys, Dancing Queen is a great song. ABBA's, uh, uh, no, wait, let me rephrase that. People think Dancing Queen is a great song by ABBA. They really do. I still don't understand the appeal of ABBA. I don't get it at all. I don't like Mamma Mia. I don't understand the entire thing. So when I think about party song, this is not what I think of. This is like a party if it was existing in like the late 1970s when Ed was born or something like that. If you're hanging out in a backyard and somebody was playing a fucking flute. Okay, that is not the party song that I'm looking for today. If we're going to go by the standard that Ed established and you established yourself, Chris, last last round, you have to pick Take Me Home Country Roads because I think more than Sweet Home Alabama, Take Me Home Country Roads is the dive bar of Western Pennsylvania sing along song. You both make interesting cases. I think I think the compelling argument here was saying that John Denver is wholesome. When you think of a party, do you want wholesome or do you want grit? And do you want, you know, debauchery? You don't want wholesome. You don't want Kermit the Frog at a party serenading you. <laughs> I, I 100% I think, want Kermit the Frog at a party serenading me. That's all I want now. 
I don't think the John Denver song in this case has the staying power that Sweet Home Alabama has and the and the universal appeal. I think Dancing Queen edges it out here. I don't know if I'm happy or sad about losing that round. I think I'm happy. <laughs> I think. I do fucking love Abba. I can't help it. I love Abba more than anything. Adam not you know, to argue about it. I was thinking about the last episode, Adam kind of railed against ABBA a little bit, too. So there's a little bit of a vendetta here. Great. Then we're just going to make a list of Adam's well, vendettas has- that develop. And it's just going to be ABBA and Picture are the list right now. <laughs> In all fairness, everybody would taste hates Picture. Yeah, this is true. Okay. On to the next matchup. We're never going to get through it. Uh, the next round, I... Oh, hmm, this is this is going to be a matchup for you, and I think I know which way Chris is going to lean, so I'm going to try my damnedest to win this. The next matchup is Don't Stop Believin' by Journey or Fucker Gently by Tenacious D. And I know which way this is going to go. I've been around Chris long enough and known Chris long enough, been to enough karaoke nights with Chris to know how this is going to go. And it's not going to be for Don't Stop Start Believin' by Journey. But Chris... Take your personal experience, push it out of your mind for a second. You have an obligation as the party expert for this karaoke podcast to make a decision that is in the best interest of the people. And what's in the best interest of the people is don't stop believing. It's a universal phenomenon. You want to say Bohemian Rhapsody, your reason was everybody could stow it up and sing it a cappella because at the end of the night, they ran out of time. The same shit happens with Don't Stop Believing. There's a feeling that courses through your body when you hear that first line. When you hear she's just a small town girl, something in you ignites and it brings out the best in people. It livens the karaoke night up instantly and that is why that you should put all those personal experiences you have aside <laughs> and act as a neutral party in this and live up to the responsibility that, quite frankly, I'm not going to think you're taking seriously if you don't pick Don't Stop Believing. That's it. That was a very compelling argument, Adam. I will say this, though, Chris. Who cares what Adam thinks? <laughs> who cares? I can promise you that anybody uh, between the ages of 45 and 21 the first th- first time they heard something like actually vulgar at karaoke it was probably a dude singing fuck her gently by tenacious d i mean it's hipster stuff it's risque everybody likes risque at the bar but the fact remains that the shock factor really carries that song and i mean jack black is a hell of a singer so if you can pull off that jack black swagger while singing that song i mean you have created you you've created the party if there wasn't a party there before you have made it a party now people are shocked people are titillated and uh it's a great song and and it's not overdone like don't stop believing which you can hear at every karaoke night at every crappy bar across the country and those are two excellent, compelling arguments. And and um, I don't know where Adam gets off thinking I have some personal experience with FHG by Tenacious D. But let me tell you, I guess I might have sang it a few times. Um, I have to give a shout out to Dan Morris, who is the Kyle Gas to my Jack Black every time I've sung that song. Um, they are both extremely vocally challenging songs. You have to have range. I would argue that uh, Don't Stop Believing probably requires a little bit... Um, more vocal skills so if you pull either song off you get um some props um ed you are absolutely right the song is a karaoke cliche whereas 
FHG is unique. It's funny. It gets people laughing. It gets people paying attention to you. If someone was sitting at the bar saying, screw karaoke and I don't want nothing to do with this, you start singing that song and people are like, wait a minute, what's going on over there at the mic? So personal investment aside, I think for uniqueness, humor, vocal talent required, and just uh, getting people, you know, an emotional response one way or another, I think FHG slightly edges out, uh, don't stop believing. Yeah, you took way too much time on that, Chris. You could have just told us, yeah, you know it was fucker gently. You don't have to, we don't have to play this game. But I appreciate your insight and analysis and yada, yada, yada. And set up the next matchup. So your next matchup is Bye 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 by NSYNC or Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Living on a Prayer is a classic. And I know I've said that against uh, songs that I've argued for in the past, but uh, Living on a Prayer is a classic. It has that 80s, 90s vibe. Forget when it was actually released and recorded. It's ubiquitous, but not in a cloying way like Don't Stop Believing. It's, it's, it's a song that lets people wail on the microphone, which I really appreciate. I mean, I can't belt those notes out i can't even hit those notes you've all heard me sing it's not it's never good if i try to do something like that but living on a prayer it's americana it's rock and roll it never fails to get the crowd uh pumping and i'm gonna turn it over to adam for bye 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 yeah and uh singing is not the only thing you can't do apparently because you can't make a good argument for one of the best classic you know rock songs <laughs> of all time so uh thanks for following your face right there and making this real easy for me the truth is chris we know that Bye 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 is the better party song for karaoke. If we're looking at the standards, it meets all of them. It inspires instant nostalgia. It's something that people can sing along to. It's people that sparks a memory. It gets the party going for more than one person at the mic. So it inspires more people to actually act, actively engage in a karaoke night. It inspires dancing. Good dancing? No. But dancing, nonetheless. So there will be singing, there will be dancing, and there will be memories made. It's bye, bye, bye. 100%. You know, again, you both make really compelling arguments. And, and Bon Jovi, that chorus, will draw everybody in. I may have a slight bias against Bon Jovi because you and I actually got to see him live in concert and he did not bring his A game, if you remember. However, he was sick that day and everybody's entitled to have an off night, I suppose. Bye Bye Bye, though. That song has a dance to go with it. And when people know it and get, you know, excited and drunk, they perform it. And it just becomes this, uh, you know, kind of experience uh, that I don't think... Um, Bon Jovi can quite get people there the same way. Uh, you know, I think Bye 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 definitely is the better party song in this instance. Yeah, I knew that was going to win. Uh, thanks for backing me up and proving me right, Chris. Uh, if, <laughs> so the next matchup is going to be uh, Sweet Caroline versus Wanna Be by the Spice Girls. I'm not even going to argue here. I'm not. If you don't pick Sweet Caroline as the winner in round one of this matchup, then this entire thing's a sham, and I'm just not going to argue anymore. You know it's Sweet Caroline, and you know the reasons why, and I'll talk about them more the next round, because there is no way that Sweet Caroline loses this matchup. And go ahead and make your pitch for Spice Girls. Talk about how you love Sporty or Baby or whoever, and how it brings back fond memories of your, what, 20s? <laughs> well, Adam doesn't know my type. My type is scary. No, Adam. Adam's right. <laughs> I mean, like... 
and don't get me wrong i love this song i have sang probably wannabe more than i've sang sweet carolina bars and i've, I've sang both a good bit but i mean I, like chris in, in good faith i can't argue uh for my choice in this matchup uh it's the dark horse candidate it's a party song. It's a lot of fun. No one has any idea what it means. It's catchy. It's fun. But it's a very narrow age range that it appeals to. And, like, honestly, I am telling you to vote for I Like, I know I lost this. It, it can't be the song. I'm, I will also be mad at you if you choose this song over Sweet Caroline. Oh, boy. You know, I vehemently hate the song Sweet Caroline. But this isn't what this Irrelevant. is about. This is not what this is about. This is about what song gets a crowd pump more. And I know every word to want to be by the Spice Girls. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. But Sweet Caroline wins. Some There's of them a- aren't even words. That's it. Yeah. Okay, you've heard them. Sweet Caroline wins. Uh, another one for Adam. Checkmark. Thank you. Moving on. Ed, introduce the next uh, matchup here so we can just <laughs> close out round one. So uh, the matchup here is... Piano Man by Billy Joel, or I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. And here's why I Will Survive is the better of the two choices. There are a lot of heartbreak songs at karaoke. I have seen so many people get over a breakup or an impending breakup by singing a song at karaoke. None of those songs are as upbeat, positive, and moving on with your goddamn life as I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. I will also give a pass to the uh, cake cover, which I don't really care for, but I mean, uh, Gloria Gaynor's is a, a disco classic. And here's what it has over Billy Joel's Piano Man. I love Piano Man. There are great queer readings of it. There are great performances of it. It's a very good song. But do you know what I Will Survive has that Billy Joel's song doesn't? No one has ever brought a goddamn harmonica to sing along, to to play along with I Will Survive. Every time I have seen somebody bring out a prop and ruin the integrity of karaoke, it has been somebody doing Piano Man in a bar where they know like, oh, I have a harmonica. I'm better than everyone else. No, you're not. You have a harmonica. You have an instrument that fits in your back pocket. Shut up. Go away. No. Piano Man, great song, but it's not a karaoke song. It's it's, it's a song for the singer and not for the crowd. Oh, the generational gap here. Here comes Snooty Ed again with the integrity of karaoke <laughs> was ruined by the presence of a prop. <laughs> Listen, that's how you sound. That's how you just sounded when you were talking about uh, what, what is a great I Will Survive Gloria Gaynor song. Like, it's a great song. I love that song. I really, really do. But it's Piano Man. It's it's Billy Joel. It, just Billy Joel himself has the appeal of karaoke. That seems like a dude that you would just see at a karaoke night right there. And he wrote this song. I would argue... It is his best party song for karaoke. I won't say it's his best karaoke song because I think there's a difference between it. Uh, I don't think it's his best karaoke song, but I think it's his best song. And it's another one of those things where, where, where metrics have kind of emerged here, where you want something that people can sing along to that inspires nostalgia, that inspires some kind of unity and really gets everybody involved and pulls them into the night. And Billy 
Piano Man specifically inspires that. It inspires people singing along. They all know about Davy, who's still in the Navy. We got it, man. We, we, we everybody knows Davy. Like we don't know Davy, but we know Davy. Oh yeah, it's it's a type of song that you would like. You just want to throw your arm around the person next to you and sway and sing along and raise your glasses and get way too drunk. That's what Piano Man brings to the equation. It's singing along and inspires people to get hammered because they're locked into that nostalgia. And when people get hammered, that's when the party gets started. Piano Man's the pick. Well, Adam, you make some good arguments. I, I, I just have to bring it down to party song, right? Like the emotions that that Billy Joel song conveys and the tone that that Billy Joel song conveys doesn't necessarily get toes tapping and get, it doesn't drop a beat. You know, it doesn't, you know, get people, I think, energized the same way I Will Survive does. Now, you know, Billy Joel, that's a top tier karaoke song, but I don't I don't think it's a top tier party song in this case. Um, Gloria Gaynor will survive this round. <laughs> oh, I see what you, I see. The, uh, do you see what Chris did there? Like, you see what he do you see what he did? I, I very much see what he did. And I appreciate it because that means that after. Uh, the first uh, the first round, you and I are tied. Um, that was completely accidental, and it's a fallacy and a sham that that happened, and there's nothing <laughs> to be said for... I am I am actually slightly sus- suspicious of that, because like, Chris is friends with both of us, and he doesn't want to hurt our feelings. Hurt our feelings. Step on my neck. You can't <laughs> possibly hurt our feelings anyway. And besides... Feelings go out the door when you're talking about karaoke and deciding important topics like this. Yeah. So I for, voted with my whole soul so, um, on all of them. Ignore everything you know about Ed and I, and we're just impartial people fighting <laughs> ferociously for a song. You're not going to hurt our feelings. If you pick all of Ed's songs, I will not be hurt. I will just cry immediately after the recording's over. The fun thing is that uh, on this round, some of our uh, choices switch, and we have to uh, argue for the song that we argued against before. So the first round is Adam defending bohemian rhapsody and i will defend fight for your right to party oh god i can't wait to hear ed's argument on this <laughs> listen ed's gonna come at you swinging with like there's not many great hip-hop songs that are a karaoke and there's not something that can inspire a crowd and it's in the it's in the song chris that says party in the song and it's guaranteed to get people going he's gonna throw all these things at you that very much are exactly what you'd expect ed to argue i'm gonna argue that bohemian rhapsody excels on a different level than we already talked about if we're talking about fantastic, fantastic, fantastic vocals in a song and how that can inspire people to party, is there any song better that you can think of where if they step up to the mic and they can sing like fucking Freddie Mercury that's going to blow the goddamn roof off a of karaoke night? If they put in Bohemian Rhapsody and they get a mic in their hand, and they sound like Freddie Mercury. The night's over. That's it. That is the fucking party is right there. This, it can't get better. It's going to be something you carry with you when you walk out of there. And when we're talking about a party, a party is something that you can carry with you and remember for years to come. And a good performance of Freddie Mercury is going to do that. A good performance of Fight for Your Right to Party is not. It's going to get lost. It's the truth. Sorry, Ed. But Bohemian Rhapsody is the best party karaoke song hands down bar none the argument's over but i'm gonna let you go ed 
Thank you for your time, Adam. Here's the thing. Adam just said, if you can sing like Freddie Mercury, you have made the night. Do you know how many people can sing like Freddie Mercury? 0.01% of the population. I mean, that's it. Freddie Mercury had a singular voice. He had the absolute largest range in pop music. That man could hit bass two and soprano one. The chances of hearing somebody like that at a bar, slim to fucking none. Now, Adam's right. There are better actual party hip-hop songs for uh, karaoke nights. But at the end of the day, partying is something that you do have to fight for. (laughs) You got to fight for your right to blow off that steam, to celebrate your night. On your own, by the way, I mean, again, there has never been a great Bohemian Rhapsody done entirely by one person. Even in Queen, there were four voices in that making it happen. So when you do karaoke, it's you doing it. You can tag other people in, sure. You can make a group come up, that's fine. But you, a singular karaoke performer, cannot do Queen effectively. Because, I mean, as great as Freddie Mercury was, there were other voices on that track. Now, you rapping along to fight for your fight, fight, fight for your right to party, you can pull off MCA. You can pull off Ad Rock. You don't need to be all four members of a thing to to make that happen. And again, sometimes you have to fight for your right to not hear a seven-minute song at karaoke that delays everybody in the rotation. It's like, when is my turn? You know what? uh, Don't ask that with Beastie Boys. We're just going to talk about it forever now? (laughs) As long as I've talked about it, it's still not as long proportionally as Bohemian Rhapsody is. I think proportionally it's longer at this point. (laughs) Nope. Well, let me tell you, Ed, you came right out there with with a lampoon to Adam's argument right out the gate saying, yeah, how many people actually can pull off that song? Um, I know I waxed very poetic about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody earlier, and it does have a special place in my heart in the karaoke uh, pantheon. However, when it talks about setting the mood for a fun night, um, you can't argue with the Beastie Boys. That song, um, it has staying power, it has energy, and it doesn't matter if you can sing or not. You'd, and, and, and to your point also, Ed, you don't, uh, you don't need anybody else up there with you at the mic. You know, Bohemian Rhapsody does work best when you have someone to do the highs while you do the lows, um, et cetera, the harmonies, right? Um, so I do think, you know, for its simplicity, brevity, punch you in the face energy, uh, fight for your right to party, has fought for the right to win this round. This is the biggest travesty that's happened so far on this podcast. You can think I'm being facetious about that. I am absolutely not. I like. Uh, I don't even know where to go with the next argument. I really don't. All right. I'm, I'm going to introduce it. I'm already talking. Sweet Home Alabama is taking on Dancing Queen by ABBA. Ed, wax poetic about ABBA or some shit like that. Talk, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the you start. is anymore. It's... No, I started last year. I started with the no, no, Rhapsody. You... So it, you're starting this. Oh, time. all right. Here's the thing. I love ABBA more than anything. I don't particularly care for Sweet Home, Sweet Home Alabama, but it it is a banger. Yeah, I, I actually can defend this round. I you're, mean, you're arguing ABBA. I, I feel you like can't... Sweet Home Alabama asked. I I'm aware that I'm arguing ABBA, but like for a party thing, uh, again, and 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 maybe this is my way of saying that karaoke, by and large, isn't 
not a good thing. And, and, and I know that sounds horrible to say, but like by any measure, by anyone with taste, Dancing Queen should win this. It hits the guys, it hits the girls, but there's something about Sweet Home Alabama that just speaks to that dive bar crowd. I'm, I'm not going to argue a losing battle. I, I know I lost this. Adam, defend this horrible song, but uh, it, it should win and it bothers me that it should. I, I hate it. It bothers me that it should too. And, and I... I don't know. I I don't look at either. Like this round's tough for me. That this ended up being a matchup in the second round. It really does. Uh, this is the the downfall of random brackets. I, I think a little bit because I don't think both these songs are are what I would consider party songs. I think Dancing Queen a little bit like gets people like uh, there's a feeling that's associated with ABBA that I've already explained my disdain for. And I think Sweet Home Alabama is a sing along song, but I don't know if I classify it as a party song. It's something that like every you know. Every person sitting at a bar in a dive bar is going to tap their toe to and sing along to. Um, and if that's your definition of party, it's your definition of party. So I, I will take try to take the win here and say, so you home Alabama, you can sing along to it. It's much difficult. This more difficult to sing along to ABBA. If that's the standard we're going to use. So I'm going to go sweet home. Alabama, like sweet home Alabama should win. Chris vote for it. <laughs> and this is a tough call. This is a tough call. Which song do I like more? Right. Versus, you know, which song is the more apropos party song, quote unquote, you know, Sweet Home of Alabama has that dive bar appeal. But when it comes to, you know, have them having, you know, a tempo and having energy and having, you know, um, that kind of party appeal, I think you got to give it to ABBA. Not the song I like more, but the song that's probably more likely to get the party going. That's fair. Okay, now we're going to move into the shit that really matters, the matchup that really matters. Um, I think we might have a good... We're going to, we're going to start getting into some really good battles here. I think it's going to be one of them. Oh, we got Funker gently matching up against Bye Bye Bye. Remember how in round one I told you to forget everything that your entire history with Funker gently and put it to the past and be an impartial judge? Continue to do that because that's what... Meaningful. Wink, 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 wink. But hey, but the truth is like... Listen, if we're talking about getting a party started, there, there's... Uh, a lot good about Bye Bye Bye. But I would argue that Bye 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 is also the biggest, one of the biggest bro party karaoke songs. If there's a group of bros in the bar, they're coming up and they're going to think, oh, bro, we should sing Bye 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 by NSYNC. I think it is the biggest bro group song that you're going to get at a bar. I don't know if I've ever seen a performance of Bye 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 I enjoyed. Every time someone has got it up and sing Fuck Her Gently, I have very fond memories about it, and I, I was think I was I may have been introduced to that song by you and Dan singing it. There is something about the song that it screams party. It, it's it captures people's attention, their ear. It, it's dirty in just the right amount of way without being like overly sexual, you know, because of the nature of what Tenacious D and Kyle Gass did. You know, they were they were party like they they they. If you could take two people and say these are the definition of what a party is, they were the definition of what a party is. You know, on one side you had Jack Black, who was the outrageous party guy, and then you had Kyle Gass, who's the guy that's standing on the sidelines, like nodding his head. Like they were the definition of a party. This song is the definition of a party, and it deserves to win the shot. It deserves to be argued in the final four. Bye 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 does not. I love Tenacious D's song. I have sang it. I've sang both of these songs. You know what that Tenacious D doesn't have? There's no choreography for the song. 
None. There's not a dance that goes with it. This song is such a party song. There's an actual dance that goes with it. And I, I both apologize to and uh, congratulate the people listening to this who don't have to see this. But uh, I'm going to make a video argument to our friend Chris over Zoom that <laughs> is a thing that creates a party. Whereas what can you do with uh, fucker gently other than thrust your hips? Listen, like now that we're coming to matchups of both songs that I picked the first round, you know, I've kind of backed myself into a corner. I tremendously enjoy singing the crescendo on FHG. It, it, it brings me great joy. But your physicality in that argument was so compelling. And and you're right. It's an interactive song. Again, I'm not voting for the song I like the best or I like singing the best. I'm voting for what is the party song, what's likely to get you know the people in the audience pumped up ironically or not ironically and i think that i think that bye 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 gets it there this is turning into just an outrageous travesty at this point because oh nope nope, it's, nope. I it can't, pain I can't, I, it oh, pains so we're moving on to the next it match. pains me to make these choices but i'm not picking what songs i like it oh uh, i don't i don't even i don't even know what to argue for the next matchup i i don't even know what the standard is anymore i give up <laughs> and introduce the next matchup so we are now going with Sweet Caroline versus I Will Survive. I Will Survive is an empowerment song. I Will Survive is based off the person on the microphone, not based off an entire crowd going bump, bump, bump <laughs> along with the song. My favorite version of Sweet Caroline has nothing to do with Neil Diamond or a good performance, but there is a guy who I have seen who has done it. Like you would imagine Will Shatner doing it, but worse. I Will Survive lifts everybody. Everyone has gone through a bad breakup. What the fuck is Sweet Caroline about? Is it about just the bomb, bomb, bomb? Because everyone knows how to do that from college football games and being in bars? Or is the better song about saying, I will survive over any kind of bullshit adversity you throw in my path? No, no, it's not a Sweet Caroline. I mean, if you want to bring in like Neil Diamond's other creepy songs, we can. There's a lot of creepiness to Neil Diamond. I mean, I feel bad saying that about a guy who's like struggling with stuff, but I will survive. That is the barbaric yawp that Walt Whitman talked about in Song of Myself in <laughs> Leaves of Grass. You know what? I, I have my like the odds. Are yeah, I'm snobby. What? <laughs> that was very loud. Please don't do that again. <laughs> Um, um listen listen the odds are like the odds are against me here like this is uh, because everything based on edge argument though he should lose this round every single thing he said was all about the individual it was about the quality of the song there was no talk of the party and what it does to people at the bar it was all about the singer the singer the singer we're not talking about the singer clearly from the decisions that have been made the singer is not going to be taken into account here it's the reaction of the people at the bar see caroline gets everybody involved it's one of the few songs that actively at the bar gets every single person involved in a karaoke night your initial thing when you said about stepping into a room 
about it's all about uh, every now and then you find that magic you get that big crowd and you know you get to perform in front of that crowd and you feel the energy in the room this is the song that creates that energy in a room you may not like it it may not be your favorite song neil diamond's a creepy dude we all get it but gloria gainer's about the individual neil diamond's about the collective and a party is about the collective well, one thing I will agree with is, uh, Adam, your argument reflected the um, aspects that we're looking at today, the party, right? But I would disagree that Gloria Gaynor's song um, doesn't capture the audience the same way. Again, I think when it comes down to it, it's you've got a beat, you've got a universally known song, energy. And, uh, you know, f for my money, I think that it's got more energy than um, Sweet Caroline. I could be biased because, again, I vehemently, vehemently hate the song Sweet Caroline. And again, your biggest audience participation in that song is the bop, bop, bop. So again, Gloria Gaynor will survive this round as well. I was wondering Ooh. how Chris was going to find a way to push Gloria Gaynor past Neil Diamond and he found a way, <laughs> goddammit. I just made the same joke I made the first time. All right, let's get back into it. Uh, the, the final brackets, the final four, which we're all arguing, are Fight for Your Right versus Dancing Queen and Bye 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 versus I Will Survive. Does anybody feel very passionately about any of these songs and why they should win? Nope. I, I really don't. I mean, again, songs that I really care about were dropped off this list because they aren't, quote unquote, the quintessential party song. So, you know, I don't have a dog in Same. this fight anymore, but... Um, I think there's some good arguments to be made. We'll make a good argument then, Chris. What the hell do we bring you on the podcast for if you can't make a good argument? Make a good argument. We, Ed and I have been arguing so much, it's your turn to contribute. Pick a song, so, make an argument. This is really a challenge. I'm leaning in the slightest towards you got to fight for your right to party. The universal accessibility of that song, the sort of groundswell popularity of hip-hop at karaoke um especially songs from that time period the the energy the way people get excited about it the message of the lyrics and just that the beastie boys are fucking fun i would say that that's not the most fun beastie boys song at karaoke though if i think of something that people are going to really respond to people performing it's intergalactic <laughs> I was just going to say intergalactic. So I could argue that. How about this? How about we eliminate a song right now? I'm going to propose that of these final four that we're looking at, we're looking at, so there's four songs we've narrowed it down. Let's work in reverse a little bit. Can we eliminate Dancing Queen, please? Can we? Does anybody oppose if we just eliminate ABBA and say, thank you for coming? You've made it way too far already. I second that motion. Ed, can we unanimously agree? I'm outvoted, so my vote doesn't matter, but uh, sure. No, if we're going to eliminate it, I want it to be unanimous. Can you argue for Dancing Queen? In this bracket, it, it, it's not, no. Okay, bye. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it yeah. Listen, no, I, it, like, I, I, it, it, I, I hate Dancing Queen. I, 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 like, I do, but I understand why it got this far. I understand that people love it. I understand that it does inspire sing-alongs. So it, it has a very, like, very much has a value. It always livens up a karaoke night. I don't want to pull away from it or detract from it. It's just with the four that we have remaining, we're ready to say goodbye. Uh, goodbye, Abba. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully I never revisit you, but many other people do and have joyous memories. Listen, it had a good run in the bracket. It did. Ed, I want you to propose a song to eliminate from these three. At the end of the day... I Will Survive serves a specific purpose. It's not a universal purpose. 
Bye 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 is a more universal song. So I, I feel like the final matchup should be Bye 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 versus Fight for Your Right. Oh, I wasn't even talking about in terms of matchups right now. I looked at four songs and said, can we eliminate one of them? Like, it doesn't, like, I'm not even thinking about matchups. They've all made it this far. So are you going to say that? That is not how brackets work. I'm ignoring the bracket. I play by my own damn rules. This is, this is our podcast that we make up the rules as we go. Shit. Okay, but I, I would I would agree. Um, I, I think will I will survive. It's an absolute banger by Gloria Gaynor. Uh, but it's you're right. It serves an exact purpose. I think it, it's had a nice run, but I think it's time to bid it do. Chris, you are the official judge here, and we want it to be unanimous at this point. What do you think? Well, again, of the three remaining, I I can't. I don't think that it is the quintessential party song. Okay. I don't think it. I don't think it stands up against the other two. Great. Goodbye. Bye, 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 Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> Couldn't survive this one. <laughs> Everybody's going to love that joke. I already made it twice. I know you did, but I changed. changed. Okay, you know what? Uh, okay, so our final, <laughs> we're, we're down to two guys. Um, bye, bye, bye. And you got to fight for your right to party by the Beastie Boys. What's it going to take here? What What's the deciding factor for you, gentlemen? Like, what, what, are, what are your considerations here when you're determining? Because I'm kicking around in my head and I can see the value of both of these songs being the quintessential karaoke party song. So what's what's the standard? Like, what are you guys looking for? Which way are you leaning? What are you thinking? If I have to break it down, I think that uh, if we're talking about party songs, it has to be Fight for Your Right, right? Like, it is the quintessential party song of the last two that remain. I I disagree. I, I can't make you know... I, I think uh, really I, I do. Okay. I think I think it's a generational thing is what we're thinking of. I really, really think there's a generational thing that's happening here because I know for even just as young as like my brother's four years younger than me, he grew up with this thing. So a lot of people that really find their homes at bars and karaoke nights like traditionally are are going to be that kind of generation. And I think that bye 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 speaks more universally to people. And from a mainstream perspective, than the Beastie Boys do, and I think because of the dance and the choreography that go around along with it, the fact that it's infinitely singable, the fact that Justin Timberlake's a member of NSYNC has nothing to do with anything, but JT's awesome, so I'm going to give it extra points there. I, I think "Bye Bye Bye" is a better party song than "You Got to Fight for Your Right to Party." So you know what? The "You Got to Fight for Your Right to Party." I think the Beastie Boys, if we were saying it was a party song would fucking hate our guts for saying it's a party song. I think it was meant as an act of rebellion. Like that song was written as an act of rebellion. And to say that this is the quintessential party song now is almost a slap in the face with it. I'm going in sync and I can be swayed, but that is what I'm leaning towards right now. Chris, let us know what you're thinking. Well, here's my case for not uh, bye, bye, bye. I think the things that have carried it this far are also kind of built on a premise of, gimmick and irony a lot of the people that like that song like it in a kind of an ironic way that it's like oh this kind of hokey thing from the 90s that i can latch on to and and kind of be nostalgic about but maybe it's not it's not raw it's not real it's not punk it's not the rebellious spirit the things that i think we can more universally relate to that the bc boys kind of brought to the table and yeah they they were tongue-in-cheek they were having fun but I just feel like there's something more genuine and more raw about the Beastie Boys track that we can all relate to in a way that's really not ironic, that's kind of real. 
So again, my needle kind of kind of spikes just slightly in that direction. Um, just on the premise, again, you know, you have this this, you know, I mean, yeah, absolutely, people people dig buy buy buy, um, but sometimes it's kind of in that ironic or you know, kind of um, oh, I love the '90s kind of way. And okay, so I've kind of made a little bit of an argument for buy buy buy. Chris has made an argument for you got to fight for your right to party. Uh, and what do, what are you thinking here? Has either one of these arguments swayed your opinion, or do you think you have a winner picked in your mind? Nothing has swayed my opinion. If I think about what starts a party more, absolutely, like it's it's in the uh, title of uh, you got to fight for your right to party. But at the end of the day, I feel like NSYNC wins it, and here's why: the themes are universal. At a certain age, no one is actually fighting for the right to party. You're assuming it you know, when you're my age or older, there's no choreography to go with it. Um, it's definitely towards the bottom of the Beasties catalog. I could not let that song win when there's so many better hip hop songs out there. If you're asking my vote, I, I, I didn't see it going this way, but it, it is bye bye bye. Chris, can you be swayed here or are you stuck? Because I wanted this to be unanimous. Like I, well, something's going to have to give out. I want to know if you can be swayed. As I reflect back on just about every karaoke night I've been to, I'm just trying to weigh which song would get the audience going more. And again, as much as I agree with the passion and the raw, rugged energy and, and kind of tongue-in-cheek humor of the Beastie Boys, I think that there is something universally appealing at the karaoke mic about bye, bye, bye. That's likely to get the party started. I think I could probably lean in that direction. Again, it's close. It's close. And listen, fight for your right to party is a, a, a great party song and will like be sung at karaoke forever, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there that the greatest song ever sung poorly, the official Winner of our bracket today for best karaoke party song is Bye 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 by NSYNC. Can we agree, gentlemen? Can I get a I guess? Think it, it was a hard-fought uh, victory to the top, but I think I think you're right. Ed, is it a yes or are you going to It was an something? absolute battle. It was a battle. It was a battle. No, uh, no, no. I, based off brackets and how they work, I it's it's the right choice. I mean, I would argue that there's other things in our initial round that were better, but I was hoping that it was going to be like, I know, I know what I said about brackets, but really it's if I were a rich man from Fiddler on the Roof. But Chris, uh, thanks so much for doing the bracket and asking as an impartial judge and like really having power over Ed and I for the past hour or so. Um, we're going to seize back control of the power because ed and i have missed the power like at least i have i felt it i need it back in our corner so i'm gonna propose we hit you with our best shot and put you through the ringer ed are you ready to seize back power i am absolutely ready to seize back power hell yeah chris are you ready I was born ready. Good. Just to give you a summary of how this is going to go, and I expect this to be a quick shot. Uh, you, We appreciate your things, but I want to know, first thing that pops in your head, hit it, quit it, move on. We're going to give you 10 questions. Give us the first thing that pops onto your head. Uh, at the end, we're going to give you a chance to fire away. Hit us with any question that you want to ask us. We hope it's related to karaoke, but if it's not, 
it is what it is. And Ed and I solemnly swear that we will answer honestly. So, Chris, if you are ready, get ready, because we're about to hit you with a bear shot, hit you with a bear shot, hit you with a bear shot. That's a new theme song I'm working on. We're rolling right into question number one. Chris, what is the best thing you have seen at karaoke? Oh, boy. The, the, the most, the best thing I've ever seen at karaoke was probably also the, the worst thing I've ever seen at karaoke. And Ed, you were there for this one, I believe. And I don't think you were, Adam. You may have been. I had a buddy who came out to the yesterday's party in Edmondsburg with us every week, and he would get up at the mic and, and sing badly. Uh, one night, he was singing a duet with his um, girlfriend, and they finished the song, and um, she got off the stage, and he said, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And she said, what? He said, get back up here. So she climbed back up on the stage and he dropped down on one knee and said, will you marry me? And it was one of the most interesting, funniest things I've ever seen because just the way she like, turned around and said, what? Like she was yelling at him. And, uh, you know, she climbed back up on the stage and, and he said, will you marry me? And, and that's how he proposed to her at karaoke night. It was hilarious. <laughs> the reason it was one of the worst things I've ever seen at karaoke night is because the song that they sang was picture and they did not do of it just of course it was it was a i knew that before you said well do you remember that ed i do shout out to sanchez sanchez i i, I didn't want to use his real name so yes we can we can say that was sanchez go ahead move on move on just uh, question three we've covered the best and well worst. yeah yeah adam go with question three no it's your turn go all right. I need a uh, moment. What? <laughs> what one song would you love to do at karaoke that you have never been able to do before? I would say uh, maybe something obscure from Tom Waits, like "God's Away on Business," or uh, you know, that, there's just never a good Tom Waits selection at karaoke night. There never is. No. No, there isn't. But let's just say you're in a brand new place while traveling and you only have a chance to sing one song. Uh, what song do you pick to make your mark? Well, I want to I want to pull off something that shows my vocal range and shows my ability to kind of just shoot from the hip and not uh, be looking at the screen. So I'd probably go with B Hook by Blues Traveler because I can really nail that fast part. I, you know, I know that song by heart. I can hit all the notes. John Popper has a pretty high range, but uh, you know, I usually can nail that song and get the crowd going with it. Uh, if you could magically strike uh, one song from every karaoke playlist ever, what song would you choose? And you cannot pick picture. I was uh, actually not going to pick picture as much as I disdain that song. And it has that uh, really peculiar memory for me, but I think if you reflect back on the bracket, I already said there's a song I just detest and it's Sweet Caroline. And many people, that's a hot take. I know people are going to fight me on it, but I hate that song. No, it's fine. You can eliminate Sweet Caroline. Uh, yeah. And I think the world will continue turning. It will continue turning. When the world does continue turning and we can do some karaoke again, would you rather get all of your closest friends into a private room? to sing some karaoke or would you prefer to be at a bar with a nice large crowd let's do the bar man it's been too long you are our party master so i'm going to ask you this because you know the answer uh what song instantly kills the party you know i was i was listening to your other podcast where you talked about just those people that sing ballads right um 
And I'm that guy sometimes. I'm, I'm absolutely that guy. I sing songs sometimes just because I'm interested in singing something obscure. Once I sang One More Try by George Michael and, you know, I looked out after singing and there was like just silence. Nobody was interested at all. I just completely shut down the crowd. There was another time I sang... Um, a song that I, you know, I, I just must not have read the room right, but because I thought this song was going to get everybody going, it was no diggity. And I thought, man, everybody loves this song. It's a good hip hop tune. And it's got a good rhythm. You know, I, I gave it my best shot and I looked out after and, and everybody was just silent. And like people are looking at me like, what did you just do? You know, you got to read the room. Hey, what's the ideal length for a karaoke song? <sighs> Again, I'm, I'm a boundary pusher in that regard. I, I kind of like to sing the long tunes because I'm a diva and I like to, you know, um, be up in front of people as long as possible. But, you know, ideally, probably four minutes or so is probably pushing it. Forget uh, party songs. What is the biggest crowd pleaser? Not creating the party, but just like everybody's there happy that you did it. Chris, let me let me add, let me cater this question specifically to you. When you were at El Rancho, what was the one song that just brought joy to the hearts of everybody who was there that Chris was singing this song again? That I was singing? That you were singing, you and someone else were singing. I think there's one in mind, that I, one that I particularly enjoyed, um, but I want to know what was the song that everybody at that particular place in time would love to hear you sing? When I was at El Rancho with my friend Dan Morris, the DJ, VJ would automatically put in fuck her gently because he knew that that was going to get people going people requested that song people wanted to hear that song people had fun with that song that's fair that was the wrong answer though i was looking for snoop dogg and dr dre that's true too and i think i think you're oh no this is my question um which do you prefer do you prefer a big crowd with a long rotation or do you prefer a smaller crowd where you get to sing a lot Again, my desire to monopolize the microphone uh, tends me to prefer the shorter rotation. Awesome. Yeah, I think you did great, Chris. Uh, that was it. We we kind of hit you with our best shot. Now you have your chance to fire away and ask Ed and I any one question. What do you got for us? So I'm wearing my No Shame shirt, right, uh, for uh, the No Shame karaoke um, institution that we're all a part of. Have you ever actually felt ashamed of a karaoke performance have you ever like had a had a performance where you kind of embarrassed yourself kind of more so than than typical you know i i realize that i've done songs every now and then you know like you can't learn about your vocal range and really challenge yourself unless you try some stuff that's you know not necessarily inside your comfort zone or you learn to kind of adjust the key and like make the best of some songs uh with the nature of what we've been doing recently you kind of you kind of just have to make the best of what comes up there and i don't think i've ever been like i'm sorry you had to experience that bad very often but there was one time in particular uh that ed challenged me to sing across the universe by the beatles and that was the only time i can specifically remember singing that song realizing i don't think i hit one note in that entire song and thinking you know what? I'm not embarrassed, but I'm sorry for everybody that had to listen to me sing that song. So that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the time that Adam actively booed me from a bar. Uh, I was doing Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. It was the first time I had ever done it. The lyrics did not match the tempo of the song. And I was not uh, practiced enough yet to uh, get by without the screen. So it was really bad. I mean, Adam started booing. 
Everyone in the bar started booing. It shot my confidence to a absolute low, which again, for me is like higher than most because I don't really care, but it was bad. I mean, I, I, I can't express how bad my Counting Crows, Mr. Jones was. Adam was louder booing than I was with the mic singing. That's how bad it was. It was impressive. But yeah, that's that's what we got for you, Chris. Um, Chris, that's it. You you were fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in here and being our party master, being the impartial judge and getting in between Ed and I as we tried to you know win. But we were extremely necessary. You brought a great perspective to things that is deeply, deeply, deeply valued, as is your time to join us today. Um, so thank you very much. Is there anything you'd like to plug, anything you want to throw out into the world? Uh, I'm, we're just going to give you a couple minutes, like a minute, and the floor is fully yours. You know, throw out anything you'd like to throw out, and we'll, you know, throw it out there. Well, as you know, we have had a, a really painful year without karaoke, and I've had to kind of occupy my time with other endeavors to kind of scratch the itch. Uh, one thing I was really um, able to do recently, I participated in an event called February Album Writing Month, where I wrote 14 songs or co-wrote 14 songs in the span of 30 days. Um, if you go on my YouTube page, uh, if you type Christopher Matthew Smith in YouTube, um, it should be one of the first search that comes up you should see a couple tracks i actually dropped one today um called talk to the mountain that i co-wrote with a woman from the uk named um liz armor who provided some great piano and some great um, um actually some trumpet on the track that's really surprising again i am an amateur musician at best but uh, i'm proud of it and i had a lot of fun doing it that's fantastic, Chris. Yeah, uh, make sure everybody goes and checks out Chris's YouTube page, checks out that track. You're actually going to get a preview of that track in particular coming up here very, 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 very shortly. My guess would be immediately after I say this, Chris, once again, thank you for joining us today. It's been a sincere pleasure having you on board. Thank you, guys. It's been a blast. karaoke segment this week you may be able to guess that we're going to feature our guest chris smith and since you just heard him talk about it here's talk to the mountain featuring liz armor if i could talk to the mountain what would he say to me would i be worthy to climb would he just laugh at me? I've been accounting for something I've lost inside of me. I have no clue where it's gotten, what's less a mystery. Every single piece I've been counting Every single 
like to thank each and every one of you for joining us today and hey if you liked what you heard could you could you do me a big favor please 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 just go ahead and follow us on twitter at sung poorly we'll post cool things i promise we won't be a waste of a follow oh 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 you could also um send us an email uh at sung poorly at gmail.com and ask us questions that we can shell out our wisdom to you directly to you forget the rest of the listeners we're going to be talking directly to you but you can also subscribe on spotify itunes Castbox, google podcast uh, you know, there's plenty of podcast feeds out there follow us on one of them make sure that it pops up on friday morning every two weeks 
We'd like to thank friend of the show, Ben Dumb, for the theme song, Gasoline. Make sure to follow him on uh, his latest project, The Ben Dumb 3, on Spotify or your other music platform of your choice. Yeah, follow him on all the platforms. That uh, Ben Dumb 3 is putting out some bangers. So, um, do us a favor. Tune in in two weeks from now as we shell out some karaoke wisdom and answer your pressing questions and speak to a karaoke newbie. That's that's it. That's that's all. Um, there is no more. So until next time, I'm Adam Wainwright. I'm Ed Kennard. And remember that singing off key is still technically singing. <laughs> <laughs>